Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show and this week we are tackling the contentious subject of life, work balance and what success really means. This is going to be pretty controversial and there is a huge amount of information in this show. Don't get overwhelmed, break it down to bite-sized chunks, take plenty of notes, but most importantly, just like any success formula, stay to the end. Look forward to seeing you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider, Mr. Mitchell Laurentiu. Thank you, Mr. B. Thanks for having me on the show today, and let's get a little bit of a circus vibe going today because we're going to talk about- What have you got? I know, I'm sorry. Walking the tightrope of life, the okay. importance of balance, what that really means, and is it really in your best interest to be balanced? Quite controversial, actually. Okay, work-life balance or uh, something in that space? Yes, this will be a circus of a conversation, so let's see where we can take it. <laughs> I guess the first question I ask you is, what is balance and how does it compare to priorities? Well, that's right. A lot of people say, you know, you need work-life balance. And if you if you talk to one of my mentors, and this is certainly someone that won't be everybody's cup of tea, <laughs> I can assure you. That's a guy by the name of Dan Penner, uh, Dan S. Pena, if you want to. I've heard about this yeah, guy. He's a hard-ass man. He really is. But uh, if you want to hear someone that calls it as it is, there is no such thing as work life balance. Which is crazy because we see all of the uprise of the social justice warriors on LinkedIn talking about how they can leave their jobs early and be flexible. Mm. Is that really the best idea? Well, you can have that, but it comes at a trade-off. And I guess if we were to reframe this in a slightly different way, though, I, I, the way I would certainly see it is you can have priorities or you can have balance. And you know, when I've worked with people in the past in the coaching space, you sort of say, well, look, what priorities do you have? List them down. And if you've got someone that's got more than two or three priorities, in fact, they've got no priorities because you can really only prioritize two or three things. If you've got six or eight priorities, that's balanced maybe, but it's not priority. Nothing's going to get done to the level you want. So I guess it comes down to a, a question you've got to step back. And that is, what do you define as being successful? What's important to you? What are your priorities? And if balance is important to you and it's your priority, that's great but it will come at a trade-off to other things. And I guess now the fact that we are on the money and investing show, typically our priorities lie with money and mm. investing. Mm. So you're saying that you know balance and priorities are mutually exclusive. It's either one or the other. That, that will be my take on it for, for, for a few reasons. You can't cut the cake too thin. Now, before we dive headlong into this, you know, your priorities or your definition of balance should change over time. Okay. You know, as we mature our perspective, on things shifts as our, our lives evolve, things change. And so there may be room for more things or different things in your life as you move along. But you know, if you're young and you're gung-ho and your goal is success, for example, now I don't know what people's definition of success is and that's beyond the scope of what we're gonna talk about today. Sure. But you know, if you wanna be average, good luck. That's great, be average, you're gonna have plenty of company there. Strength in numbers. But if you're average, you're probably going to feel unfulfilled. Absolutely. But you had things that you could have done and done well, but you didn't, you just were part of the morass. So it's about. Uh, and again, that sounds like it's quite an offensive thing to say, but right. if you want to be a standout, if you want to be successful, most people are not successful for the simple reason they're not prepared to pay the price of admission. And the price of admission is that you have to have a narrower range of priorities. And part and parcel of being successful, let's say it's in business or whether it's in investing or whatever it may be, is going to come at a trade off to certain other things in life. You cannot have it all. To play devil, devil's advocate here, AB, you and I are obsessed with success. That's our thing. We've committed <laughs> our whole lives to doing that. Mm. For someone who's maybe not as obsessed with it, who maybe wants to spend a little bit of time with their friends, 
they could argue that balance is just as important as having more money, for example. Absolutely. What do you say to those guys? Look, and, and that's a personal choice. And, and look, again, people's definition of success, having a pile of money doesn't necessarily mean success. Um, you know, everyone has the, the health and vitality may be your underlying arch. And I know it's, it's one of your major priorities, one of your big two, is being fit and healthy. Absolutely. And, and that will come at a trade-off. So you're not going to be leaning on the bar at the pub having pork scratchings and, and seven or eight pints of beer on a Friday night because that's not consistent with having that as a priority. Sure. So, yeah, it, it's horses for courses in there. And we can only speak as we find based on, based on our experience. And I actually think my wife breaks this down better than anything. I love this. E- Emma's four burner theory. Emma's four burner theory. So if you imagine a stove and it's got four burners on, and the theory that she has is that, and if we if we put some definitions, and these are, these are gray areas, you can bleed them into each other, but the four burners might be family and relationships. Sure. Friends, health and vitality, and business and money, career. Okay. Okay, so they're the four. Sure. Now, if you want to be successful, you're going to have to choose three of those four. Seems fair enough. Something's got to be sacrificed. If you want to be very successful, you're going to have to choose two of those four. Now that gets pretty tough. That's where things get very, very challenging. And again, this is reflecting that over life as we get older, that door might open up uh, to more things. But in the initial stages, if you're looking to get something done, let's say you want to build a business or you want to build you know, an investing portfolio or you want to build you know, supreme fitness. Um, you know, if you take someone like Dave uh, Goggins, for example, you know, ultra, super, mega, fittest man on the planet, pretty much. But the look hardest at what the, man. Look at what the trade-off is. And it's in relationships, mm-hmm. it's a couple of marriages, and, and, and and things come at a cost of that because you cannot have all of those things because that one is blown out of proportion and things need to settle down. Now, having said all of that, things, as I say, change over time. And a really good example of this would be someone like Steve Jobs. So here you've had someone that's entire priority and focus in life is on building the world's biggest company to deliver um, the best outcome for his customers with the best products in the world. And what an immense job he's done. He's got a, well, the world's biggest company with more cash on core uh, than everyone bar the world's seven biggest economies in terms of stockpile of cash. Just for That's that crazy. It's insane when you think about it. But then look at what the trade-off was. No relationship on a family basis and no looking after your health. And it's not about being the richest person in the cemetery. You know, a lot of people go back there, you don't want to be the richest person in the cemetery. No one wants to be in the cemetery in the first place. Um, but you know, if you, what's the point of being the richest person? There isn't. And if you ask Steve Jobs if we had the opportunity, if you had your time over again, would you have done anything different? And I reckon the answer would be no. Or maybe it would be yes. Uh, or maybe it would depend on what day you asked him that. Maybe There's no right or wrong is what you're saying. Yeah, because things do shift. Um, but that's a really, really extreme example where you've cut off everything to focus on one thing and endured and enjoyed just immeasurable success in that one particular endeavor. Now, if you back that out and say you've got a couple of priorities, you want this and that, it's still going to come as a trade-off to other things. Again, balance isn't there because you have to pay the price of admission to excel in one of those. Okay. Mm. Is there any other examples you can think of just off the top of your head? Because I really find this quite interesting and I know our viewers will too. Yeah, look, I've I've got uh, people in my circle and and, and some of the mutual people that you know as well. Uh, We've got someone that that, that might be extremely successful in business and, and health and vitality, the two drivers for that particular person. Mr. X. And, and, and maybe there's a trade-off in other areas. Who knows? Sure. Uh, you know, if I look at my myself, and I know uh, in the earlier part of my career, you know, I was obsessed. And, and this is a very, very strong word to use. But if you want success, it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't drop out of the sky. You've got to be very single-minded and focused on what you want. And that does come at a trade-off. 
when your mates call you and say, hey, do you want to come out? We're going to get by to each night. Oh, I'm working. Oh, what are you doing? So much I'm in Adelaide today. Where are you? I'm in Los Angeles. I can't join you tonight. Sure. At some point in time, those phone calls, oh, there's no point calling him because he's never around. So there's a trade-off in exactly. terms of the friendships. Sure. Now, I've got some great friendships that have endured 20, 30 years of relationship. And I'm very, very happy with those friendships. And I invest the time I can into them. And those people, coincidentally, and I just realized this as I'm saying it, are probably very similar to me where they've got focuses too. And we've kind of got friendships that are very strong, but we don't live in each other's pocket where we need to catch up every week. And some of them are in different parts of the world anyway. It's a mutual agreement that you're both on your own journey. When you need something, pick up the phone. Otherwise, yep. you're... Yeah, okay. Simple as that. And you know, if I look at myself in, in the early part of this absolute obsession with setting my businesses up and, and on what that measure of success was and, and the trade-off of that, I didn't get married till I was 41 when I got married. Sure. Now, it doesn't mean to say I lived in a monastery up until that period of time either. I parted, but it's a lot easier having very short-term relationships when you've got a, a focus over here. It's very, very hard to have uh, an enduring, bigger, significant relationship when your focuses are in other places. And I was very fortunate that I got my business to a place where I can back out of that and have time for other things now. Sure. But only because I was obsessive about it in the early days. That's the price of admission. So you talk about shifting. Now, as you mentioned to me just then, when you were young, say closer to my age, when you first started your you know, mm. investing broken mm. career in your 20s, you were obsessed with work mm. and now you're more family orientated or, or, or a mix between both. Mm. So I think the message is here, and I'm very, very fortunate, I've had you as my mentor since mm. I was probably 18 years mm. old, is that you have to be prioritized and obsessed with it. Because mm. as you said, it doesn't happen by accident. Now, for anyone who's young and listening to this, say in their 20s, mm. getting started doing this with this philosophy is in their best interest. What's your advice to that group of people? I think give away the good opinion of other people in, in, in the first instance, um, because yeah, we're in a generation that's very easily manipulated by social media and you're going to see someone and this is my cool lifestyle as they're standing on the cliff on the Amalfi Coast with their six pack and their sponsored Villa Brooklyn shorts on <laughs> the list goes on. But there's stuff that you're not seeing in there in the real world. And that's unfortunately something that I think is created, you know, we talked to Steve Jobs earlier, a reality distortion field as to you know, what's real and what's not. And everyone, everyone wants the rainbow, but they don't want the storm. And the two things do go together. So if you want to be in a position where you have plenty of time and that ability and that liberty to travel the world, chances are the trade-off's going to be you're not going to have an income sure. or, or a significant income to be able to do that. And traveling the world in a youth hostel or traveling the world on a mega yacht is a very different experience. Exactly. Okay? And it comes down to what your particular tastes may be. And obviously there's a huge void in between the two. You know, you find where you sit on the totem pole there. Um, so maybe in the, those younger days where you've got that vitality, smash the business side or the investing side and get it done because if you pay the price early and get it done, you can do that for the rest of your life. But if you do this at the start, your appetite for wanting to do this as you get older and maybe uh, move into a family scenario and have kids where that time simply isn't available if you want to have a connected relationship sure. with your family and kids, um, it's, it's very, very hard to do that then. It's one of those things you want to get done early. Yeah, and we are chatting earlier um, yeah, and, and we're talking about friends. And I can tell you right now, people say, well, you know, if I have my, my, my priorities are my family, first and foremost, and what I do within my business. They're the two things. And those two things are inextricably linked because this enables me to provide for my family, which is a huge driver for me. You know, I grew up in a working class family. My father was an incredible provider. But if he wasn't working at the car factory, he was working at a farm or laying bricks and working on a building site, he's always working to better provide. 
I'm very fortunate I've got a business that doesn't necessitate me to do that, but that's only because I've spent the time building it to be able to do that. You did the hard yards early. Mm. And so income from business and investing and so on has enabled me to do that. Um, and, and it's also reopened the door to getting my health and fitness back to a level uh, which I want it to be because I want to have a, a healthy long life so I can enjoy the time with my kids. Sure. And the trade-off on those is that instead of being absolutely obsessed with business and whatever else it may have been when I was younger, and to an extent that was friends and having a good time, um, and then as I've gotten older, family instead of friends, I look now and, and as you asked me, when was the last time you went out and had a few beers with your mates? And the last time, I can tell you exactly when it was, the last time I went out and had uh, some beers with the boys was the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight, which was a great fight. And how many years ago? So that's two years ago now, right? Two years ago. And and, and, and and I was just about to head off to Italy the next day, uh, family holiday going away for about five weeks, and, and my father in law and I and a few mates went and watched the fight. That was the last time, and I'm happy for that because if I want to have catch up with people, what I've started to do a lot more of is blend fen- friends and family together. Sure. So we'll have a dinner party. So I'm with my family, but we bring friends into that as well. So you've got the ability to not be a recluse, but you see people, but in a different kind of framework uh, to traditionally hanging out. Let's go to the footy. Let's go for a beer. You know, let's you know whatever it might be. It's interesting you say that because even just from a practical point of view, from our, our, our personal lives, you know, we finish here at work every day at the same time so that we can go to the gym. Yep. You know, we could write a few more emails at our desk if we wanted to, but we make that, connect, you know, we make that commitment that we're going to the gym at four o'clock. Mm. And that's just bottom line, that's what happens. Mm. Is it about having a structure and process in place to ensure that these priorities do in fact become a reality as you want them to? Massively so. And that whole notion of segmenting is key. Yeah, and, and you're right, that hard finish at four, it's scheduled in the diary as if it were a meeting, and that's the only way you can make things happen. Um, and for anyone listening in, they're going to be thinking, gee, that doesn't sound much fun, it sounds really rigid, but we've all got a finite amount of time. It doesn't matter who you are, we've all got the same 24 hours in the day, and there's so much that you can jam in, and this isn't about being efficient, it's about being effective, and there's a huge difference between the two. You know, you have a to-do list, and you go, man, i got all this stuff done today, but if none of the things that you did were your immediate priorities, the key things, the two burners on the stove that you've got on, you haven't got closer to your goals. And if you haven't got closer to your goals, you've actually got further away. You've wasted a whole day. You've lost a day that you could have been using to move towards that. And this just sounds so like we're looking through it like two of the most obsessive people on the planet. Which we are. This is how you get results. So segmenting the day very carefully is key. And, and, and you can do that in a, a, a broad measure of ways. You know, we talk about you know, family and business and, and, and are those two things mutually exclusive? Well, I, I'm up at five, US market. My son's up usually uh, around that time as well. And before everyone else in the house is up, we'll go and hang out and have a play. Now, that's meant that that's intruded on my trading time for the US market. So I've left the US market alone largely for you know, probably the last 14, 15 months while we've been in this routine. That'll shift. Um, probably at Christmas, we've got like a slightly different sort of transition plan, I guess I've got sure. in play for that, to kick back into trading the US market. But my son now, if he comes in my office at home, he's like, well, play. He said, oh, what are you looking at there, Dad? And he's kind of curious as to what's going on. I'm not intending to teach him to trade yet. He's five, although I reckon he's going to manage it. Um, but it, that, that, that pendulum will swing a little bit. And if you can sort of move those two activities in together, just like having a dinner party where you bring friends around, Again, it's, 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 it's an interesting kind of dynamic that you create. But I'm a huge fan, and I know you are too, of using what I call segmentation rituals. And that's dividing the day really into four very, very key and distinct chapters. And, and, and if you want to achieve a level of success, again, if you want to be average, that's great. 
you're part of a big crowd, you'll feel content, there's a lot of people to hang out with and it's all good, but the chances are you're not gonna either make the money that you wanna have, the chances are you're not gonna be able to buy your time back and have the leisure time that you have because most average in that average camp get four weeks holiday a year, you've got a capped salary and you're told where you're gonna be between nine and five and eight and four. If you wanna step out of that into something else, you've gotta be, be able to pay, uh, pay the price of admission. I usually, you know, we can't travel anywhere with COVID. Typically I have three months a year off with my family because it's a priority to do that. You've been able to do that because you mm. did the work early. Right. So a lot of people would want the three months off, but would they have wanted the sacrifice over the years to build Probably that Probably not. So segmenting things down enable you to get stuff done today. And, and, and it's a terrific expression, it's a profanity, get stuff done. You know, you've got to have a GSD mindset. Every day you've got to get stuff done to get you to where you want to be. Sure. So I kick off, um, work, like the, the, the start of the day blast off, and we've got this in our winning the game journal system. It's a very useful tool. You know, when I get up, I get up, have a drink of water and hydrate. Okay, because I've been asleep for the last you know, seven, eight, nine hours, depending on what the kids have been doing and what we've been doing the night before. Um, hydrate, because my body's going to be dehydrated. Sure. I try and meditate before my son gets up. It's quite hard uh, to meditate when he's up. He's, he's a <laughs> he hasn't mastered meditation yeah. yet. Um, no, he's not mastered that. He's mastered disrupting meditation very, Fair very well. He's, he's a ninja at that. Good on him. And it's, and it's great too. Um, have a bit of a stretch. And if we're playing, if we're going to play room and we've got some toys out and we're doing stuff, I'll usually stretch at the same time as I'm playing with him. And it just lets me get a bit of a stretch done. And, and then the conclusion of that sort of start of the day, I usually make a pot of tea, take a cup of tea up for my wife, who's usually feeding the baby. Right? That's, that's the start of the household, seven days a week. And you go, well, why not Monday to Friday? Because I have kids and kids don't work on a Monday to Friday routine. It's every day. And that consistency is a brilliant way of starting the day. Sure. Um, as I trade more uh, with, with the plan that's on, and in the past, I've used that you know, 5 till 6 a.m. to get my day's work done and have all the team fired up for what they've got to do. So that's the sort of day blast off. The second part is the workday start. Because the difference between how you get up and get out of bed, you know, it might be in your case, it might be to go for a run or whatever it might be first up in the morning. Sure. Starting the work day, again, you've got to have a routine and it's so easy to fall into that trap. You come in, turn your emails on, oh, jeez, I better get on with that someone's emailed me. Just because they emailed you now doesn't mean they did, unless it's me, doesn't mean that they deserve a, a response right now. Okay, you can digest that and build it into your day if you've got the latitude to do that. And I think one of the... Uh, the weaknesses in society with technology now, because it's so easy to reach people, you expect an immediate response as well. And that's just not how it was. Sure. If you got a letter, it took two days to get to you. Somebody had to type it, you've read it. Okay, I'll get it back two days later, they got the response. Sure. Now it's supposed to be bang, right? So you realize that you're not on that timeline, you're on your own timeline. So, you know, how do you start your day? And the worst thing you can do is actually start looking at emails first up. Start by planning out what's important to you, what your two priorities, or better yet, three priorities are for the day. Sure. These are the big three. These are the three things that must get done if you're going to get closer to your goal. And then all the other stuff, it's like the bricks and mortar, can kind of slot in between that. But if you fill your day up with the mortar, you don't get the bricks in there and you're not going to build what your future needs to look like. Makes so sense. Start the day that way. Try and get your stuff done. And this is hard. If you're working for somebody else, you owe that person if they're paying wages, you're full and undivided. So get up earlier and get your stuff done before you get to work. Simple as that. That early part of the day is the best time to get things done because no one's hijacked your day. By the end of the day, you're tired. Other people have jumped on where you go. So that's the sort of start of the day. End of the day is the same thing. You know, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner with businesses in different places around the world in different sectors, the hardest thing to do is to switch off. And this is maybe where balance then comes in. You go, well, okay, that was work. How do you transition into being dad, 
and being a husband and being, and being a family man. The shutdown. The shutdown, very, very important. And this is one that so many people overlook and they, they try and jam in a couple of phone calls in the car on the way home and, and you're not switched out. So what we do it for, our ritual, bang, that's it, we're done. Let's get to the gym, let's smash it. Sweat it out. Done, and it's a perf- I find this a perfect transition for me. Uh, by the time I come home, yeah, I feel great. I've had a workout, the endorphins are out, I'm happy to get home, play with the kids, and I'm not thinking about work because there's been that, that kind of fire break that's in there. And again, whatever it takes for you to do that, it's a terrific book actually, it's called The Third Space. And it talks about the exact transition between um, work and home, which is a huge thing for a lot of people, male and female, to be able to switch out of being in work mode to being family mode. And it's crucial to have whatever that routine is that you can use as a decompressor. So when you walk in the door, you're fully present with your kids. Yeah, and that's so hard to do when you run, your brain's going at a billion miles an hour because you're thinking about business or trading or different things like that. You've just got to stop because it's done for the day. There's a full stop, it's done for the day. Okay, so that workplace shutdown, check your emails, check social, whatever you've got to do, close it down, have that transition space, you're at home. Last, and, and then you've got your evening, you do whatever you do in the evening, whatever it might be. I think your evening activities are probably quite different to mine, um, but if I record my early 20s, it's a lot of fun. And, and then, then there's that, that, that sort of, let's drop the curtain for the day, which is the close down, the shutdown, the, the, the recharge. The, the recharge. And this is so important. You know, a lot of people, uh, and it comes down to your own DNA. Some people like working into the night, and I've been through that phase, and I've worked at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and don't even look at the clock. You're engaged in what you do. You're obsessed about it. Um, the, that, that, that nighttime recharge is critically important um, because you know, one of the biggest rookie errors that people make is they'll check that email before they go to bed. All of a sudden, Terrible your brain's mistake. thinking about that, work the next day, and you get a really bad night's sleep because you're thinking about the stress of what's... You can't do anything at 11.30 at night. No. Leave it alone, and it's so hard to do because most people are so physically attached to their technology, they can't, they get anxiety if they're not with it. We shouldn't be expected to do anything at 11.30, it's your time. Absolutely, but we're in a a working environment now where a lot of companies, a lot of bosses will send emails and and expect a reply. Um, You know, it's your time, you've got to have that shutdown process to recharge, so do something of the evening, um, and that might be working on your, you know, like working on your day, what happened today that was really good. Journaling. Journaling is a really good thing to do, just to put a full stop at the end of the day. Uh, gratitude is a huge thing. What are you grateful for today? Because if you get too obsessed about just chasing that goal and you don't enjoy the wins along the way, and we've both been very guilty of that. Terrible. Um, you know, in our times working together, whether that's in the gym or whether it's in the business environment, oh great, that was a goal, next one because we're both people that want to stretch and grow. Next, next, next. You've got to enjoy that win along the way because that puts fuel in the tank for the next thing. So this is a tip, I don't, you know, I go through phases of using this, I've used it a lot and there are times when I haven't. Um, and that is, you know, play yourself a gratitude video in your own mind before you go to sleep. So you're lying in bed, just shut your eyes and think for 30 seconds about all the great things that happen through the day. That's gonna give you a better night's sleep, you'll be content and it also rewards you for what's been a good day and puts fuel in the tank for the next. That, I've actually never heard that. That's great. I'm going to try that tonight, actually. I guess that, that all sounds quite complicated and, and very, very structured. <laughs> Richard, it's something that you and I live by. But of course, we've got our winning the game journal, as you mentioned, mm. AB. So coming to the end of the broadcast as we are, how can our clients or our listeners reach out and get involved yeah. with developing a structure like this? Because we can help, that's for sure. Yeah, look, winning the game. Uh, uh, it's a terrific website. We'll get the link put up into the blog uh, behind this podcast so you can click on it and see what's in there. There's a lot of resources in there uh, to be able to use. But it's not that hard. The hardest thing, Mitch, and, and I find this so frustrating, and I've sat down and done personal coaching with people and you try and help them and say, what do you want? Most people don't know. No. And if you don't know what you want, 
you know, if you don't know where you want to go, any road's going to take you there. If you've got a very clear idea of what you want, then you can take steps towards getting it. And, and, and this isn't about things or stuff or experiences. It's actually working out who you are as a person and, and what's important to you because the values that drive me, that drive you, that drive somebody listening to this broadcast are all totally different for different reasons. We're far too complex to put in, you know, that's your pile, that's your pile. You've got to spend time working out what you want. And most people have got no idea because they're too busy doing stuff. They're trying to be efficient instead of trying to be effective. Work out what you want. Who do you want to be? What's the sort of person you aspire to be? And if that's the case, what personal growth do you need to do? You need to start reading, which I know is a huge one for you. I hate reading, but I am doing it. You are. And and it will it will help you. The frustration and hatred of it will drive you on to use it as the tool that it should be. Sure. And if you don't like reading, go and pick up Audible and listen to stuff in the car. Put positive stuff in. If you want to become, and this isn't about um, changing who you are, it's becoming the best version of who you are. So work out what you want and find some resources out there. And there's never been more information and resources out there. Find the right podcast that support you mentally in terms of what it is that you want that's important to you. If you want to be a traveling free spirit, uh, 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 hashtag freedom um, is the thing for you, then there's a huge bunch of resources online that you can go to for that. If it's about money and investing, we're the place for that. Find out where that lava flow starts and start filling yourself with that information. And it's not brainwashing you, it's giving you the tools and things that people that have been there before have used to get themselves there more quickly. Because success can take an awful long time. And I'd never ever encourage people to shortcut it because shortcutting is where you cheat and cut corners and ultimately it'll all come crashing down. But there's a lot of stuff you can do out there to fast track. So reading, audiobooks, podcasts, any of those sort of things that's putting the right information in that's gonna help you grow the knowledge you need or the behavior patterns that you need to get fitter. And we see people in the gym all the time. They come for a week, they never come again. Oh, my goal is to lose weight. Why? I don't know. I just want to lose weight because it seems like a really cool thing. And I'll tell you what, there'll be a lot of people saying that in January. There will be. And you go, look, here's some really helpful information. Eat less, drink more water, move around and burn more calories. Makes really sense. simple formula, but you'd think it was this rocket science project. They're similar small things, but if you obsess about those three things day in, day out, you'll start to get towards your goal. Business is different again. What are your priorities? What sort of business? What sector? What are the risks? What are the opportunities? Investing, what markets, what strategy, how to manage the risk, income or growth or both. All those things. So fill yourself up with that kind of information. And look, I mean, this is a longer podcast than we would probably normally do. And and I could talk for days about this because it's an area I'm so passionate about. Absolutely. Why? Because I've seen what it's done for me. You know, I've come from being in a working class family uh, to being in the position I'm in now, which I I don't say I'm lucky. I've worked bloody hard to have what I have. You deserve it. Solely focused on it. There's been trade off on the way. But success leaves clues, and those clues that we have picked up along the way, we're able to give our clients, our people in our ecosystem, our followers, so that for them it's going to be a, not an easier journey because they've got to commit to it, but they've got some waypoints or markers along the way to sort of pick off and go, okay, that makes sense, and I can get to this, get to that. And that's the whole idea of coaching and mentoring. So there's so much stuff you can do in here. It's also so easy to get overwhelmed. You know, well, there's so much information in this. Where do I start? Start at the beginning. What do you want? Who do you want to become? Why is it important to you? And then when you've worked those three things out, start then working on a game plan to get yourself there. Great questions. When you break it down, it doesn't actually seem as hard as one would think. And I think for anyone who's lasted to this part of the broadcast, if you've made it all the way, you're probably just as obsessed with success as we are. So take note here, 
really focus in on it and you'll get the results. I'll, I'll tell you right now, anyone that's not made it to the end of this broadcast is not going to make it to the end of the success journey either because success is always around the next corner. You just didn't exactly. work it long enough or hard enough to get there. And that's life. You've got to see it out to that final whistle, whether you're playing sport or whether you're playing the game as we do in the business space. You know, And, and there is a lot to take out of this. And I hope that people do apply this. But the last and probably the biggest overarching question for anybody listening to this is are you prepared to pay the price if success or extreme success is important to you? And which of those four areas, friends, relationships and family, health and well-being, business and money, out of those four, if you want success, what are the ones, the one or two, that for you is the answer of success? If I look at my father, he's the most popular person I've ever met. And, and he hasn't worked at it, he's just genuinely a nice guy. And for him, friends is a very, very important thing. Sure. Okay, so was family. But he also worked really hard too, but he went through different cycles. He's been retired for 20 odd years now and he's got more and more friends than ever. He doesn't work anymore, lives off his investments. So things do shift over time. What are your two or maximum three of those four that you want, which means the fourth one is gonna be the trade-off. You don't have that and you can't have that if you want these. Now, if you want all four, that's cool as well. The trade-off is gonna be the success and maybe success for you is being a balanced, rounded person and that's cool. That's your definition of success. You're gonna get what you want, you're gonna be happy. But if, if you want to have balance, the trade-off is going to be if you have balance, you're probably going to be average. Makes total sense. Absolutely. Thank you, AB. That's a great piece of advice, and I've learned a lot, and I think our viewers will too. So thank you very much. My pleasure, Mitch. Hope you found it useful. There you have it, guys. Plenty of content in there for you. Give us a review and a rating, and we'll look forward to hosting you on next week's Money and Investing Show.